Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the Starting a Counseling Practice podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about websites for therapists. This is a juicy, juicy topic and something where a lot of therapists have either wonderful experiences or terrible experiences. And then of course, a lot of therapists have a little bit of both. So we're going to be diving deep with therapists from across the country and the highs and lows of creating a website that really works for their practice. I'm really excited to have Erin Hole here today, uh, sharing her website journey, letting you behind the scenes to something that can be kind of vulnerable and a little uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why our the, the building of our website, the launching, the marketing of our website can be, can, uh, can, it can pull in a lot of anxiety and stress. This is a very vulnerable thing to put yourself out in the world. So if you're struggling with your website, if you're wondering why you've been procrastinating it, why you just don't even look at it, why you just want to like outsource it or have some magical person take care of it for you, there's a real reason um, that I'm sure that will come up at some point today. So <laughs> Erin, do you want to introduce yourself, share your web address, where you're located in your specialty? Yes. Well, first off, I'm very excited to be here. So thank you for having me. I'm excited to kind of dive in more and talk about this because it is, I think, a process for everybody, right? Um, But for me, kind of how I I became a therapist, I I think kind of just came from my love of learning and like fascination with the mind and body, probably like a lot of us. Um, But what really led me down the specific sex therapy path, which is my niche, is that I started being more aware that it's just really, it was a topic that was really difficult for a lot of people. Um, And I started being more aware of a lot of the messages that we take in. And a lot of them are really unhelpful in a lot of ways, right? Um, And just being able to have the conversation about sex was tough, right? And so I learned that I was really passionate about the importance of having these conversations because what I was hearing is that people feel like they're really broken or that there's something wrong with them when that's not necessarily true, right? Like they're perfectly fine. They just don't fit like within this mold, right? And and are getting all of this pressure about what their sex life should be, right? Or should look like. Mm -hmm. And through my love of learning, I fell in love with the body. Like anybody that knows me has probably heard me say something along the lines of like, oh, bodies are amazing because they are, right? Like they're yes. just, they're fascinating, like what they can do and what they're capable of and all of these physical processes that are happening all of the time and interacting. Um, and so I really bring that into the room that I love talking about the body and helping people pay more attention to what their bodies are telling them um, and getting more comfortable getting to know that side of them, because there's a lot more that impacts somebody's sex life than just what happens in the bedroom. Yeah. I think there's, there's this, um, I remember years ago, somebody said this, and for those of you who listen to the podcast, I'll, I'll visualize this for you, but they're like, what do you, what happens when you separate like the, the mind from the body? Right. And it was like, and I was like, well, you know, you get disconnected. They're like, no, you, you die. I'm, I'm putting my finger, my, <laughs> my hand across my throat. Like if you separate your mind from your body, you right. are dead in the water. And so this like beautiful intersection of all of these moving pieces of our, 
of our mind, our brain, our physiology, our soul, our spirits, our whatever things of however you want to describe it. Like it's really magical and beautiful. And when we try to like pull it apart and make it separate and not like take it all in, not be holistic with it. Um, it's, it's literally like kills us, whether that's physically or emotionally or spiritually or sexually, like we just sort of like wither away, you know? Well, and I feel like too, like our bodies, they are so advanced and there's so much information that they're giving us all the time that we just learn to ignore or like now it's not the right time or it's not socially acceptable for me to X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. But then we miss all of these things that, that it's telling us, right? And like, I'm a big one on information and I think that's my love of learning, right? That like, I want more info, like to, to make the best decisions possible, right? And to understand what's going on. And it's like this whole area that we miss then and we don't pay attention to it. So. Mm. It's, it's fascinating. So- you decide you're going to be sex therapist. You're going to have your niche in sex therapy. And then you, when did you decide to go into private practice in particular? So I, so right after grad school, I was working in the field. I wanted to get my, my license. I'm here in the state of Pennsylvania, um, which is about two years. And I wanted to get more grounding in general mental health. So that's kind of where I started my professional career because I had a lot of training in sex therapy, but I was like, I want to really have a good grounding in like theories, modalities, like working with a lot of different types of clients. And that was in different levels of care, um, individual group, all that kind of stuff. So I did that for um, like three years. And then I started my private practice on the side because I like, that was really helpful. But I was like, man, I want to get back to my roots. Right. And like really get back to this work that I find really meaningful. And then I'm really passionate about. So I started that just kind of on the, e- in the evenings, right. And like working out on the weekend while I was still doing that and what, then built that up. What year was that? That was, that was 2021. 20, so it was Ooh. also in the midst of the pandemic. It was Ooh. just last spring that I like really started it. Um, yeah. I think silver lining of the explosion of telehealth is that it made it a little bit more feasible that I was like, okay, I was really overwhelmed thinking about office space and like location. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start online because I was doing that work anyways. And I really was enjoying it. So that kind of helped catapult me into that world. Made the, the on-ramp or the runway easy to say like, oh, I really can do this without a lot of outlay of cost. Yeah. And like, I knew about telehealth before, but then when we were kind of forced to use it, I was like, oh, this is, I really liked it. And I still really like it. And I'm like, I feel like it's really helpful for my clients. So I'm like, I want to do more of this. I'm enjoying it. Why would I not? Fantastic. (laughs) So, so obviously as an online therapist, what, one of the first things I'm thinking you did was like, oh, I probably need to have a website. Yes. That is exactly. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Tell me, tell me about your first, like, uh, what was your idea when you thought in your head, I need to have a website? What was, what did that actually mean in practicality? Like where you're like, oh, I need to like pay someone or I need to go and do this. Or I bet there's a, like, what, what, what did you kind of your preconceived knowledge of what it meant to like get a website? Mm, okay. So when I thought about it, I, I'm a big DIYer. So I was like, I want to learn about this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like to learn anyway. Right. So I'm like, I want to like figure out what this means. And I think for me, yes, you kind of hit the nail on the head that being an online provider, I thought it was important to have more of an online presence, right? Like somewhere where people could see more of me and read more about me and my services. Um, and I thought too, that it would help me feel more legit as a business owner, which it did. Right. So it was like many of these, uh, 
areas I think I was like trying to build up. Um, but I dove in myself, right? Like I was like, I want to learn about like how to structure pages and like um, what to put on them and images. And then I learned about SEO, which I had never heard about before. And I was like, oh, there's this whole other area that I can learn about. But yeah. I really wanted to do it myself to learn the ins and outs, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And what um, platform did you choose and why initially? So, yeah. So at first, also anybody that knows me knows that I'm very frugal, probably stingy, but I like to say frugal. So <laughs> I, cho- I chose Wix because it was cheap. And I was like, my practice is just starting. I just want to like get some knowledge and, and figure out how this works. So I chose that. And when I think, when I think back to when I first published it, I, I have to chuckle to myself because it was one page. Mm-hmm. Everything was on one page. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but it, it's like fun to be, oh my God, it's come so far now. Um, but I chose that because it was, it was easy and it was cheap and I just needed something to get my feet wet. Yeah. How much was it per month or per year or what have you? Oh my gosh. It was, I want to say it was somewhere in like the $15 range per month. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like the, like the domain name, all that kind of stuff on top, but just like the basic website fee was I think around 15 bucks a month. Okay. So, so not super expensive. You're like, this is cheap. This is doable. You put it up and you started learning about SEO and then what happened initially? So I learned that I didn't know a lot about websites, <laughs> but you know, the natural part of the process and everything I learned, I was like, Oh, that's really important. Oh, that's really important. But like, at first I was like, I was just so excited that like my face was somewhere on the internet and I'm like, yeah. this is great, but no one can find this. Like, I think it's wonderful, but no, it doesn't mean anything to anybody else. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, not no one can find it, but like the only way they're going to find it at that yeah. point is if you're sharing it with other people who share it with other people. Yes, um, you're right. it was very difficult to find. It was difficult to find for someone that didn't know you, for someone that knew you, if you were sharing on your Facebook page or what have you. I think this is what happens for a lot of people where they're like, oh my gosh, I got a website. This is awesome. And they put it out into the world and they're like, yes, it's done. Like, and now I can just do these other things. And mm-hmm. eventually people start calling me. And for most people, that's not the case, right? Right. Because there's a whole bunch of other pieces in terms of Google moving you towards the first page of, of Google, right? And mm-hmm. I know use Google a lot because as a, as a particular example, because being on the first page of Bing, because Bing is not the most um, <clears throat> popular search engine or even DuckDuckGo or, or the other alternatives, like they just don't have the eyes that Google has. And so we use Google as a marker um, often for those of right. you who are listening, right? So you had this, this website and then at some point you decided to get some feedback on your website. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think like going through, so I am a boot camper and like going through boot camp really helped me learn more about that stuff because I think, mm-hmm. and I think probably it's a common experience that a lot of us didn't have a lot of business or marketing education through a grad school, right? Like it was very yeah. clinically based. So like, that's kind of what led me to you all in the first place that I wanted more of this like tangible, like business skills. And like, what does that mean to be a business owner? What does it mean to market my website? What does it mean to like be out there doing these different things? Um, and so, and two, with having kind of like an online a practice, it was more, it was important to me that people could find that easier, right? So the more I learned about SEO and the more I learned about 
just like some of the difficulties in finding what I had, which I thought was really great. I'm like, okay, I, I wanted to shift, right. And like shift yeah. my focus and make it easier to find because I want to be out there. Right. And like, yeah. of course, comes with its own, like the fear of being seen. Right. But like, I, I think it's important, right. These conversations are important. And I wanted to put it out there in a way that was easier for people to find. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got into business school with, with us, with any me, and you start looking and you're like, Hey, I got this website on Wix. And then we said, Oh, Wix. Um, it's wonderful, but how did that feel when we were like, Hey, like, this is a great first start, but like, there's some real limitations to Wix in terms of you being findable. And we've worked with people with Wix before and like, and actually Wix, once you start, you know, signing up for their additional SEO package and other things actually becomes more expensive than other options available. How did it feel to real, to like get that message back when you've worked so hard on your website? Yeah, I think, I think it was some mixed feelings. Cause like at the one, like on one hand, I was like, well, I don't know anything about anything. So like, I'm here to learn. Right. And like, I, I want that feedback. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I just spent all these hours, right? Like making this website and learning how to use this platform. And I think like that was kind of tough, but at the end of the day, I had to take a step back and say, but like that stuff isn't as important if people can't find it very easily, right? That like, yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun building it and, and making it what it was. But I also at the same time realized that that's now going to be an ongoing process. Like when I first started, I was like, here's my website and boom, it's done. Yeah. And I have since learned that that's not, how that works, right? That it's always going to be evolving and yeah. adding in new information. So it was a little overwhelming shifting to a new platform just because I didn't, I had to like relearn that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was really shout out to you all because there was that template that helped kick me off. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that was really helpful. It just like, I didn't have to learn all of the basics. I could just kind of shift over my information and start from where I was at, where at first I thought like, oh my God, I'm going to be starting from square one. But now I was like, oh, okay. I just have to shift over, get familiar, yeah. go from there. And it was I just have to copy, me. you know, copy my content over. Yeah. And we were also probably helping you to rewrite content, to make it yeah. more impactful. Yeah, so I was already doing that. And right. doing all the things. So it was an a, a easier place. And of course we create the template where you can start with one page and then expand over time. Yeah. And looking at your website, which we haven't shared your, um, your web address as of yet. Do you want to tell people your web address? Oh, yes. So my practice, it's called holistic health. My last name is whole it's H O E L. So it's fun play on words. Right. And my website is just www.holistichealth.com and holistic is spelled H O E L I S T I C. So just like my last name. Yes. So yeah. such a, such a fun thing. So once you started <clears throat> redoing your website with some more specific like handholding and business knowledge. How did that shift things for you in terms of for you personally or in terms of your business? What did you notice? I think my original reaction was that it was a little bit overwhelming because mm. also anybody that's been in boot camp once you're in and you're scrolling and you see all the and you're I'm just like scrolling and scrolling and, and I'm like oh my god this is never ending like, there's just so much information but then when I actually started to go through and dissect it I was like oh my gosh this actually makes things a lot easier yeah. like narrowing it down to not just like okay here's a website that looks pretty like 
yes, that's also fun. And I enjoy that part of it, but like the content is important. And so looking at these different pieces of like, like what is the first impression when people land on the page and like, where, like, do I have easy links where they can click around and what am I telling them then when they're on that page? Like that was really helpful to dive deeper into. It was just breaking it up into more manageable pieces and not know like, you know, okay, I'm not going to sit here one afternoon and this is all going to be done. Like (laughs) schedule some time and work through it. It was really helpful. Well, and I, and I love it too. Like I was able to, because, because you're in business school and we're able to, and because you use your template, I can just jump into the back end of your website. Like we oh, knew yes. exactly when you had published it, that we were able to like reach out and be like, Hey, you published like awesome. We're so proud of you. Yeah. Um, all of those different yeah. pieces. Um, but I can see like what your search term really is that you're looking for, that you're looking for sex therapists in Philadelphia. I can see how far you have already gotten in terms of climbing up the rankings. Um, and that's a search term. Uh, do you know it off the top of your head? It's something that we teach in bootcamp, but you may or not, may not remember how many searches there are per month for that keyword that you're working. Oh for. my gosh. Last time I looked, it was like 1100 or something. It's now 20, uh, 2200 searches a month. Yeah. Now. It was a ton. Yeah. It's a ton. And so that place of, um, of like understanding, how did it feel when you, when you looked it up and went like, oh, what I'm doing, people are desperately looking for. How did that feel in terms of your motivation for your business or your motivation to work on your website? I think this is so fun. Whenever I get asked these questions, I'm always like, it was a lot of feelings. (laughs) It was a lot of things. I think on the one hand, especially in this area, like I'm in an area, I'm right outside Philly where they're just like, there's a school here. There's a lot of people doing this work. So I think it's a bigger conversation. And I think seeing that really reiterated, like, this is so important. And I'm really lucky to be in a place where it's maybe a little bit more normalized, right? Like people are are looking for this, or they're kind of seeing it out there and they're thinking about it. And so it was like reaffirming that like, yes, this work is so important. And then on the flip side, I was like, oh, I got some work to do because like, there's so many people in the area. Right. And So really wanting to like put my message out there and speak to the people who could benefit and, and find them where they're at is important, right? Because if somebody just Googles sex therapist Philadelphia, there's going to be a ton of results, right? So kind of taking that and niching it down even more to like, what is the work that I do and really being able to put that out there. Yeah. And I think too, even realizing like, oh my gosh, there's so many people who are here on that first page, but there's really still like. 2,200 people, even if everybody was seeing 20 clients a week, there's not that many sex therapists. Right. Like there's still like nothing, like it's a drop in the bucket. Um, And I think it's also like, it's a powerful thing to also realize like, oh, at the point that I do make it to the first page and you're not there yet, right? You just started this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, there is that we're only in February of 2022, right? It's, there's been some process there. Um, but when you make it to that first page, like there's no question you're going to have more clients calling than you can possibly manage, right? Well, yeah, like, and I think even though there are a lot, and just like in general, it's a, a city, so there's a ton of therapists, but like everybody 
is different, right? And like a client can look up 10 therapists and have 10 phone calls and only fit with one of them, right? That there's like so many factors involved in it, but having options can be really helpful because they're like personalities and their styles and their scheduling. And it's important to find what works for you. Yeah. What about that part? Like getting that you talked about, like, I want to really set myself apart, but also what was the process like of really identifying your ideal client? and who you really want to attract. Cause that's something that's so important in a website. It's not just, Hey, who do I want to like me? You know, like, like me, like right. me. And I want people to pick me. It's also like, well, who do I want my website to pick? Like, who do I want my website to call in? It's almost like in a silly way. It's uh, it's like a dating profile or something like yeah. who do I want to swipe right on me and yep. who do I want immediately to be like, no, not this person. Right. Right. It was easy and very difficult. Cause like on the one hand, when I think about like the clients that I have connected the best with, I'm like, okay, I can think about who they are and like kind of how they show up and what they're talking about. But then on the flip side, when I think about kind of trying to package up how I help, which I think is one of the most difficult things for us as therapists to really verbalize, how do I help somebody progress with whatever they're wanting to work on. Right. So that part was difficult. And I feel like going through the process of really breaking down, like, how do these clients show up in the room? What is the language that they're using? What does their day-to-day life look like was really helpful in that. Because I'm like, okay, that started to highlight, this is what's really helpful with this client. And this is what's not right. And through, like, I always do an initial screener with people to make sure that we'd be a good fit. And I've had people that say like, yeah, like your, your website really spoke to me. And then as we're talking, I'm like, well, this really isn't a good fit. So then I have to think about, okay, like what? kind of language am I using, right? And what kind of messaging Uh is attracting this versus that kind of client, right? And it's like a ever-changing algorithm is kind of how I think. Like that meme where the woman is like thinking about all the numbers and like, that's kind of what I think about. This is ever evolving. (laughs) I think that's the piece is that, again, people try to come up with this like perfect website and this perfect marketing message, Mm -hmm. but a great website is really one that is moldable enough. It's like a great recipe where you like tweak it over time and shift it over time because what you really want to attract can shift over time and also to hone it in so that you get fewer calls from people Mm -hmm. who are not a good fit. So it makes it easier for them. They don't have to waste time getting on the phone with you. And like you get more people where both of you are saying, yes, 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 yes. And like everything is in flow. Yes. And like, like for me as a therapist, I'm a huge fan of structure. And like, I'm very like open and honest about these things. And I think about like almost this informed consent, right? That like, I want somebody to get a feel of what it's like working with me when they are on my website, right? Like, I don't want to sell them something that I can't deliver, right? Or like give them some sort of like, just try to get them to come and see me when I'm like, well, this isn't going to work, right? So like, I want to try, I want to be really authentic in that. And that has been tough, right? And I think that message will always be evolving. And even like the message for my individuals versus my couples is different, right? Because I'm speaking to like a different pain and a different scenario or whatever it is. But it's like, I want you to know what you're signing up for. And that way, if it works for you, great, give me a call. If it doesn't, you know, to move on. And I haven't like wasted your time or or anything like that. This is, this is one of my like things, like it makes my heart happy. Like I started to tear up when you said this is informed consent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like as therapists, like with this idea that like the informed consent is just this, you know, three or 12 page document, whatever that is of just 
you know, writing out like, here's what confidentiality and its limits and that that's informed consent. I don't think that's true anymore. I don't think that's sufficient anymore. I don't think that their clients should have to go to literally have six sessions with six different people to get a sense of like what therapy is going to be like. And again, therapy with all of us is so incredibly different. And I think this is why, you know, again, sometimes people are looking at like social media and like, oh, Instagram and TikTok therapists and what have you, and people being a little bit more real, but like, ultimately you don't have to be on social media to be more real, right? right? Like you, you can, it's great, but you can also do that just with your website. You can be present and real and connect with people who you've never met in a deep way when you just like start to really like listen. And again, I love your comment too on like listening to the languaging of your clients. What are the words that they're using? What are the phrases that they're using? So I can get out of this place of, oh, I'm trying to impress my colleagues. Right. Right. Tell me about that part. I don't know if it's come up for you in particular about the idea of we spend so much time in grad school and in school writing for our professors and writing for our colleagues so that they are impressed and they think we're smart and they think that we know all the jargon and all the things. Mm-hmm. And then to shift to really writing for clients. How has that transition been? Yeah, well, I think I was actually kind of already thinking about this and this leads really beautifully into like this thought that I'm having as we're talking, which is that at first it was really difficult, right? That like, okay, here are the modalities I use and here are the interventions. And like, that is great, but it doesn't mean a lot to just the lay person, right? Like they wanna know how I can help them and me talking about like CBT tech, okay, what does that mean, right? And I felt like it was really kind of difficult to identify that, right? Cause it's like shifting in my mind how I think about communicating this stuff, which was part of why it was difficult to verbalize it because it was using different language. But once I started to reflect, it was so freeing to like really take that time to think about me as a therapist and not like, here's the stereotypical therapist and here's how I'm supposed to present in the room. And here's what I'm supposed to say instead of like, here is how I show up. Mm -hmm. And it was like letting more of my personality in the room, which Mm -hmm. had a bigger impact, I think, than anything else, because I am more comfortable with who I am. Right. And like, I use humor and I'm energetic and I am like task oriented. And that's really helpful for some clients and it's really not for others. Right. So like if I can put that out and help somebody see that from the get though, that they know, okay, if they're looking for somebody who maybe is going to be more mindfully based and trauma focused, I'm not going to be a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like showing up more authentically in Mm -hmm. my practice and owning that more has allowed me, I think, honestly, to do better work. Right. Instead of like this idea of what I should be like, here's what I am. Right. It's going to work for some, but it's not going to work for others. And that has been really empowering. Have you noticed any spillover to your personal life? You showing up more authentically in work, has that given you more confidence to show up more authentically in the rest of the world and life? Yeah. And I think when I just think about like the energy that I get from session, like I don't, I don't feel as drained as I did in the past, right? Like I'm able to kind of show up, be myself, but I don't feel like I'm putting on this front, right? So like it opens me up to have more energy and time and space in other areas, right? So it's like this whole, it's like a professional, but also a very personal process, yeah. which is something that I remember when I first joined boot camp that you, you all were talking about, like, you're going to do some personal work. And I was like, I'd sign up for this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. 
I'm here to learn about business and like learn about marketing. And then I started to check off my tasks. Can we just be direct, a little humor and some task oriented? Right. And And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. You're going to ask me to what? And then I started doing it. I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. Like, this is so important, right? Because like my business is a reflection of me. And if I'm not showing up in a way that works for me, like that's going to be evident, right? And that's going to show up in my work and our clients can feel that. Yeah. It's so, it's so powerful. I think there was another thing that was, um, that was popping up for me in terms of, oh, so we talk a lot about outcomes conversations. Um, and that's something that we teach in business school did. And this is one of those things that we uh, initially in the first few modules, were having people have outcomes conversation. And everyone's like, no, no, no. We want to talk about marketing. And they're super, and we tell them like, this is marketing. I promise like, this is important for you to do marketing Um, for you. When you started doing outcomes conversation, how did those outcomes conversations impact your marketing? I love outcome conversations because, well, I'm like very structured anyways, but they're such a good time to check in and say what's working, what's not right. But like, I have been having them in one way or another with my clients since I started, because if this isn't working for you, I want to know, right? Like, let's talk about it. And I think in, in really having those conversations about like, well, what was it that you were looking for? Right? Like, how did you feel before you came into the room? How did you feel after you came into the room? Like gave me a better idea of kind of what it is like to be in, like, I know what it's like to be in the room with me, but I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Right. So giving me some more information and just like, like we talk about the language, right. And like these keywords that I can then use in that marketing, but just getting a better idea too, of what a client's perspective is like and what that process is like for them, right? What's helpful and what's not. So I can shift if need be in that specific instance, right? But also yeah. more globally, like what is working and, and what's not. Yeah. And I think it's such a funny thing because it's a it's a particular conversation that initially people are like, oh, this sounds like you're just, you know, doing market research. And like, no, it's no, super it's clinical. So like you it's so clinical to know what did you type into Google? And you're like, why would I ask them that? Because it's going to give you really good information. If they typed into something into Google that they haven't talked to you about yet, right? <laughs> that's an important detail. Like you need to ask that question because that's what they're searching it to in the morning. They're like, well, first I typed this in, but like nothing came up. So then I just looked for a counselor. You're like, oh, you know, we, let's talk about that. We didn't get into that yet. Like right. let's dive in. But I okay. think you something that I hear from people is, like when it comes to like these conversations is like, well, I don't want to take up like their time. And I feel like this isn't clinical. And honestly, one of my favorite conversations or like one of my favorite questions to ask somebody is like, has there been a time where I missed something? Or has there been a time where like, I, you know, said something that really upset you, or you didn't, you know, you didn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. But like these conversations are clinical at the basis because we're asking like, what has this process been like for you? Yeah. Right. And like, it gives you a, a time to check in with them too, to make sure that you're all on the same page. Cause like, if we're not, then what are we doing? Right. So I, 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 I always love them because I would see light bulbs go off in my client's head. Mm. It's almost like they have been in the work for so long that they have forgotten. And it's like these changes yeah. happen over time and mm-hmm. it becomes their new normal. And to take them back to the beginning and have that contrast. Yes. Suddenly you see that their brain is putting it into, into perspective. And I, I talk about this part. I don't love it, but like the idea of like photographs, like over time, mm-hmm. um, you know, they use that a lot in like weight loss journeys, which I don't love, but the idea that like people will 
look at a, a number on a scale as their indicator instead of looking at like how things are shifting in their bodies. And sometimes we can't see ourselves accurately. So we need to like pull back and have a perspective. And I, I need a better metaphor for that. But I think there's something about that piece. It, almost like if you were growing a garden to like take pictures over time and well, yeah. to realize like, oh, wow, my yard looked like this, you know, five years ago. And like, here's how it looks today. This is a terrible metaphor for me because <laughs> I'm not a gardener. It just sort of looks like I'm like, I should probably take that palm tree out. I think it's in the wrong spot. It's too damn big right there. Like that's all I'm, that's yeah. all I'm thinking is like, oh, this, whoever did this before me did not plan this well. <laughs> These are not sustainable. Um, okay. So what's next with your website for you? So what's next is working on the blog because I had, when I first had my website, I had started it and it was wonderful, but it was a mess. So, cause I didn't know anything about anything yet. Like I was just typing away and I was like, no, yeah, this is cool. But I haven't incorporated that into my new website yet because I've been working on more of the marketing, the SEO stuff. Um, so I have some really great topics that are kind of already there that I want to go back and add in some more like keywords, reformat, bring them over. But that is what I'm working on now. Yeah. And I think too, like that's a, a fun and different way to connect with people that, and I'm trying to be authentic in that, right? That when I was first writing, I was like, here is what the stress response is. And here's how, and I'm like, it's boring. Like I'm so bored writing this. Like nobody cares. Nobody can read this. So and now I'm like, yeah, let's talk about stress. Are you stressed out reading this? You probably, yeah, you probably should be because we're talking about stress, right? Like let's talk about it. <laughs> and like, what can help with it? Um, yes. So like really like putting some of the stuff that I really love talking about and working on day to day in writing and putting it out there to just help people know, A, get some more information, right? That like, here's a tidbit, here's something that might help, but B, then have more information. If I'm going to come in the room with Aaron, what's that going to look like? If I'm yeah. going to talk about, I'm going to talk about stress, right? Yeah. It's going to be the pieces. What is one piece of advice? If there's someone that's out there like you, that was like, I'm going to start this practice on the side. I'm going to do an online practice and I'm trying to figure out this whole website journey. I'm feeling like excited to DIY, like they're feeling like you're, what would be the big piece of advice you basically give to your, your past self? I would say that pacing is key, right? Like I'm thinking, like I'm thinking about this garden metaphor, right? And like once I think about climbing a mountain, right? That like you can't climb a mountain in a day, but like each step that you take gets you farther and farther. And then from the top, it's a beautiful view, right? So I think about like doing it in a way that works for you. Like there are days where I feel super motivated and I can sit down for hours and hash things out. And then there are some where I can't, right? So it's like recognizing my strengths, my weaknesses, where I'm at that day, but then also just setting things up so that I'm continuing that momentum and continuing to learn and, and, and chip away at things, but not in a way that I feel so overwhelmed that like, this is just something I have to do, right? Like I really like learning. So it's something I get to do. Right. And I think that mindset shift for me has been really helpful that like, yes, there are a lot of things that I should do, right. As a business owner, but there are a lot of things that I like to do and like that I can incorporate and that I can learn more about and I can gain more mastery in. And it's just, it makes it easier then to chip away on this stuff when the days are hard. So I think pacing and being honest about where you're at yeah. and, and what you need is important. That's awesome. So yeah. for those of you that are out there wondering if you can DIY a website, you can you do it. You do it. <laughs> you can. it can be beautiful. Uh, you can work to get it found on, on, on the Google 
Uh, if you think that we can help, we have a, a whole like little dictionary or a, a therapist website checklist for you free on our website. Um, you can go to zinnime.com forward slash podcast, check out the show notes. We'll link you to that website checklist for therapists to help you out in that journey. Um, and of course we've got business school for you. We'll even give you a whole template and your first six blogs kind of outlined <laughs> out and help you with all the nitty gritty of making sure that you can create a website that is findable, that builds your practice, but also really reflects you and is a wonderful service of informed consent to your community and to prospective clients. So until next time, y'all. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.